I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Previously On in association with Sky Atlantic, a podcast series created to help you through some of the most complex yet brilliant television ever made. Game of Thrones Season 7 In the twins, a surprisingly alive Walder Frey has gathered his whole family together for a feast. He has wine poured for all of them for a toast and smiles as they drink, choke blood and collapse. Walder Frey pulls off his face to reveal Arya Stark. When people ask what happened, she tells the young and innocent Lady Frey who she spared. Tell them winter came for House Frey. In the north, a cold mist rises, followed by the army of the dead led by the White Walkers. Dolorous Ed, now Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, is suspicious when Bran and Mira reach the wall, but Bran uses his powers to convince him. Warning of the coming Whites, they're taken through the wall. King Jon Snow tells his lords they desperately need Dragonglass if they're to defeat the White Walkers. He also forgives the heirs of his traitors, despite the advice of Sansa. A message from Cersei demanding Jon bend the knee is another source of friction. Sansa wants him to be smarter, but obviously this is quite hard because Jon Snow, as we all know, knows nothing. Jaime tells Cersei they need to make allies if they're to defeat an approaching Daenerys. And with perfect timing, Euron Greyjoy swaggers into the throne room to suggest a marriage to Cersei. She declines because he's a habit of killing his allies, but he leaves promising to return with a priceless gift. Sam is stacking books, scrubbing chamber pots and serving food at the Citadel and is training to be a maester. He asks Archmaester Ebrose for the right to read the text held in the lock section of the library. Ebrose turns him down, even after hearing about the threat of the White Walkers. Littlefinger tries to exploit the conflict between Jon Snow and Sansa, but she ignores him. Brienne wonders why Sansa lets Littlefinger whisper in her ear and is told how Stark still needs the Knights of the Vale. Arya stumbles upon a group of Lannister soldiers, one of whom bears an uncanny resemblance to Ed Sheeran. Where once she would have murdered them, she finds they're just boys far from home and lets them live. She clearly hadn't heard Galway Girl. The Hound and the Brotherhood without banners take shelter from the snow in a farmhouse. Inside are the bodies of the farmer and daughter the Hound robbed way back in season four. He was right, they didn't survive the winter. The Hounds are given a vision in the fire of the army of the dead and later digs graves for them out of guilt. 
Sam discovers from his stolen book that there's a mountain of dragonglass under Dragonstone and sends a message to Jon Snow. A man in a cell of the Citadel asks Sam if Daenerys has landed in Westeros yet. It is Sir Jorah and his grayscale is looking pretty grim. Daenerys lands on Dragonstone with her forces. Pulling down Stannis's banners, she asks Tyrion if they're ready to begin. As a storm rages around Dragonstone, Daenerys questions the loyalties of those around her. Varys manages to convince her he is working in the best interests of the realm. She threatens to roast him alive if he betrays her. Melisandre arrives and tells Daenerys she should join with a fella called Jon Snow if they are both to triumph over the coming darkness. Daenerys is interested and orders Jon Snow to come to her and bend the knee. Cersei uses the threat of Daenerys' foreign troops to scare the Tyrell Bannermen into supporting her. Jaime convinces Sam's father, Randall Tarly, to join the Lannister side. In the Citadel, Archmaester Ebrose tells Sir Jorah his grayscale infection will shortly send him insane within months and suggests that Jorah end his own suffering. Sam discovers Jorah is the son of Gior Mormont, the former commander in the Night's Watch. In the Dungeons of the Red Keep, Kyburn shows Cersei how they'll defeat Daenerys' dragons. He's built a massive weapon and shoots a huge bolt through one of the old dragon skulls kept there. Daenerys refuses to attack King's Landing with dragons, instead planning to besiege the city with the Tyrells and Dornishmen while the Unsullied capture Casterly Rock. Grey Worm meets with Missandei before being sent to war and the two finally admit their love for each other, before making love only as a eunuch and a beautiful woman can, presumably with difficulty. Sam has discovered a dangerous cure for Grayscale, but it's banned by the Citadel. He performs the disgusting and painful operation of peeling away Jorah's scabs anyway. Arya stops at the inn, where her old pal Hot Pie is, rather predictably, making hot pies. He tells her that Jon Snow is in Winterfell and is now king in the north. She immediately gives up her dream of killing Cersei and heads home. John, despite the opposition of his lords and Sansa, agrees to go to Dragonstone to meet Daenerys. They need the dragonglass there that Sam found out about. He leaves Sansa in command as the Lady of Winterfell and violently warns Littlefinger not to touch her. Arya comes face to face with her long-lost direwolf Nymeria, who she's not seen since setting it free to escape execution back in Season 1. Nymeria recognises her, but it's been too long and follows her own path. Euron Greyjoy's fleet catches up and attacks Yara, sinking many ships. He boards Yara's flagship and kills two of the Sand Snakes, but takes Ilaria Sand and her daughter prisoner. As Euron holds a knife to Yara's throat, he taunts Theon to come and save her. But to Yara's dismay, Theon instead drops his sword and leaps overboard, watching as Euron sails away. Jon Snow arrives on Dragonstone and is startled by a close flyby from Drogon before he meets Daenerys. Melisandre watches the arrival from afar since Davos had threatened to kill her. She tells Varys that the two of them will both die in Westeros. In a chilly meeting, Daenerys greets Jon from her throne. She demands that he bend the knee. He refuses. Jon tells them about the army of the dead, but the Queen does not believe him. Their discussions are interrupted by Varys bringing news of Yara's defeat at sea. Theon is pulled shivering from the water by one of Yara's few remaining ships. He tells the crew he tried to save his sister, but they mock him and call him a coward. 
A cheering crowd watches Euron dragging his hostages Yara, Elaria and Tyen through King's Landing. With these gifts he wins an alliance with Cersei and a hand in marriage when the war is over. In the dungeons Cersei teases Elaria and Tyen about the death of Oberyn. For killing her daughter the Queen kisses Tyen, poisoning her in the same way as Marcella. Ilaria is chained and helpless, doomed to watch her daughter die. Tycho Nestorius of the Iron Bank comes to demand repayment of the Crown's debts. If Cersei can't pay, then the Iron Bank may have to support Daenerys instead. She convinces the Iron Bank to wait just two weeks for payment. Tyrion counsels Jon on the best way to deal with Daenerys. Jon's asking too much, he says. He should start with a favour that's easy for the Queen to grant. He decides to ask for the dragonglass. Tyrion takes the request to Daenerys and she agrees, allowing him to take as much as he wants. Winterfell is being prepared for the wars to come by Sansa when Bran and Mira arrive at the gates. She cries as she hugs him, but Bran merely stares coldly on. Brothers, eh? In the Godswood, Sansa tells him that he is now Lord of Winterfell, but Bran explains he can't accept the title as he is now the Three-Eyed Raven. She doesn't understand, even as he creepily reveals he watched her marriage to Ramsay Bolton. Sir Jorah is cured of Greyscale, much to Archmaester Ebrose's surprise. He's free to go, but Sam is punished for undertaking the risky procedure. Daenerys wants to hunt down Euron with all three of her dragons, but Tyrion convinces her it's too dangerous. The Unsullied take Casterly Rock using a secret route that Tyrion had built as a way to sneak women in. The fight is too easy, however. The majority of the Lannister army is elsewhere, and Euron's fleet attack Daenerys' ships. The army is actually marching on Highgard and home of the Tyrells, which falls without much of a fight. Elena greets Jamie there. She tells him Cersei is evil, but Jamie knows that already. He hands her a cup of poisoned wine, which she drinks in one long glug. With her dying words, the Queen of Thorns gets in a few last burns. She reveals that she indeed did poison Joffrey, and she wants Cersei to know it. The Lannister army approaches King's Landing after successfully capturing Highgarden. The caravan brings the Tyrell gold inside the city, but not before Jaime seizes a large bag of it for Bronn, who insists he still wants the castle he was promised all that time ago. Cersei informs Tycho Nestorius that she will use the gold to repay the Lannister debt to the Iron Bank. They discuss a possible loan that would allow Cersei to hire mercenaries from Essos to, to bolster her armies. At Winterfell, Littlefinger gives Bran the Valyrian steel dagger that was used to try and kill him as a child. When Littlefinger tries to suck up to him, Bran says, Chaos is a ladder, quoting words Littlefinger uttered to Varys in private a long time ago. It completely freaks Littlefinger out, and he realises that Bran could somehow know about all his shady dealings. Mira says her goodbyes to Bran as she wants to be with her family when the White Walkers come and is frustrated by Bran's indifference to her. She says the real Bran died when he became the Three-Eyed Raven. Arya arrives at Winterfell and demands to see Sansa, but the guards don't believe she's really Arya Stark. As they argue over whether they should let her in, she sneaks into the castle and reunites with her sister at their father's tomb. Sansa brings Arya to see Bran in the Godswood and he tells her he has seen her in visions and knows all about her kill list and then gives her the Valyrian steel dagger. Later, Arya watches Brienne sparring with Podrick and asks if she can train with her. 
Brienne agrees, but initially underestimate Arya's martial prowess. Sansa and Littlefinger watch amused as the two adversaries fight to a draw, impressing each other with their skills. At Dragonstone, Jon takes Daenerys and Missandei to see the Dragonglass Mine and shows them cave paintings made by the Children of the Forest. The paintings depict the Children and the First Men fighting the White Walkers together. Seeing this, Daenerys offers to fight for the North if Jon swears loyalty to her, but he insists that his people won't accept a Southern ruler. Tyrion and Varys break the news to Daenerys that they've lost Highgarden and Casterly Rock to the Lannisters. Daenerys considers ransacking King's Landing and asks for Jon's advice. He says that if she destroys the city, she'll just be seen as another tyrant like Cersei. Davos notices that Jon seems slightly attracted to Daenerys and asks him what he thinks of her. Jon says there's no time to think about such things during a war. Oh no. The Greyjoy survivors arrive at Dragonstone and Jon confronts Theon for betraying Rob, but spares his life because he saved Sansa's. The Lannister caravan is bringing food from Highgarden through Blackwater Rush when it's attacked by the Dothraki horde. Daenerys rides Drogon into battle as he incinerates the Lannister armies. Jaime orders the archers to fire at Daenerys, hoping to knock her off the dragon, but is attacked by a Dothraki soldier and saved at the last minute by Dickon Tarly. Bronn abandons his gold and makes his way towards Kyburn's scorpion, which is that giant dragon-killing crossbow we mentioned before. He manages to hit Drogon, but Drogon destroys the scorpion before Bronn can land a second blow. Daenerys gets off Drogon and tries to remove the bolt from him. The battle is well and truly lost for the Lannisters, but Jaime sees Daenerys nearby and charges towards her on his horse. As he gets close, Drogon notices and breathes fire. Jaime's tackled off his horse by Bronn at the last minute and they both fall into the river, with Jaime's armour sinking him to the bottom. We begin with Bronn pulling Jamie out of the Blackwater, and they both concede that the Lannisters can't defeat Daenerys' dragons. Daenerys addresses the surviving Lannister and Tarly forces, giving them the option to join her or die. Almost all of the men kneel to Daenerys, but Randall and Dickon Tarly are among those who decline her offer. Tyrion asks Daenerys to consider jailing the men, but she sticks to her word, ordering Drogon to incinerate them. Jamie returns to King's Landing and tells Cersei that with the Dothraki and three dragons against them, they can't win the war. He also tells her Elena confessed to murdering Joffrey right before she died. Cersei resolves to continue fighting. Daenerys has returned to Dragonstone after the battle and is shocked when Drogon allows Jon Snow to touch him. Jorah also arrives on the island and reveals he has been cured of Greyscale. At Winterfell, Bran walks into a raven and discovers the location of the Night King's army beyond the wall. He insists that ravens are sent throughout Westeros to spread the news. This warning is met by scepticism from the maesters. Sam asks them to publicly acknowledge the White Walker threat, but the Archmaester says they need more time to confirm the truth. Back in Dragonstone, Varys tells Tyrion he's concerned by Daenerys' brutality as she's beginning to remind him of the Mad King and asks Tyrion to try and speak some sense to her. Jon receives Bran's letter and decides to travel beyond the wall to fight the Night King. Daenerys refuses to help, saying it would mean losing the throne to Cersei. Tyrion makes the wise suggestion that they capture a white and bring it to King's Landing to convince Cersei that they've got a common enemy. Jon and Jorah agree it's a good idea and lead a mission beyond the wall. Davos smuggles Tyrion into King's Landing so he can meet Jaime and he asks his brother to relay his message to Cersei. 
Meanwhile, Sadavos finds Gendry working as a blacksmith, and he agrees to join their cause. Jamie tells Cersei that Daenerys has proof that White Walkers are real. Cersei concedes that a ceasefire would at least help them regroup, and then reveals she's pregnant and intends to publicly recognise Jamie as the baby's father. Davos and Gendry meet Jon as he prepares to leave Dragonstone. Gendry introduces himself as Robert Baratheon's bastard and agrees to accompany Jon and Davos to Eastwatch. At the Citadel, Gilly learns that Rhaegar Targaryen had his first marriage annulled and married someone else in a secret ceremony. We already know that this was his marriage to Lyanna Stark and that they're Jon Snow's parents. Sam infuriatingly ignores this revelation and heads to the library where he steals several scrolls and books before leaving Old Town. At Winterfell, the Northern Lords, led by Lyanna Mormont, express their annoyance that Jon is at Dragonstone and suggest that they should have chosen Sansa to lead them. Sansa answers diplomatically and Arya privately accuses her sister of wanting the throne for herself. Littlefinger lets Arya see him hide a scroll in his chambers. Arya picks the lock and reads the scroll, which is a copy of the letter that Cersei forced Sansa to write to Rob, asking him to swear loyalty to Joffrey. Do you remember? It was season one, episode eight. That feels like ages ago, doesn't it? Jon's party arrives at Eastwatch and they discuss their plan with Tormund. Tormund brings them to the cells where the Hound, Beric Dondarrion and Thoros of Myr are being held. The men each have their separate resentments, but agree to join the mission. Davos stays behind as the rest of the men head beyond the wall, in search of proof of the White Walkers in the shape of a white. We begin beyond the wall. John, Gendry, Tormund, the Hound, Beric Dondarrion, Thoros of Mir, Jorah and five other wildlings are on their suicidal mission in search of a white to capture to prove the White Walkers' existence to Cersei. The crew, not particularly happy about the circumstance or company, begin to find common ground. The Hound follows signs he saw in his vision, leading the way. Meanwhile, Arya and Sansa are talking in Winterfell, and Arya confronts her sister regarding the letter she sent back home, begging their father Ned to surrender and confess his treason to Joffrey. Arya accuses Sansa of almost killing their father with this letter. Sansa quite rightly argues that she was just a child and under duress, but begins to fear she's lost her sister. At Dragonstone, Daenerys and Tyrion sit in the hall discussing military tactics for an attack on King's Landing. Tyrion also broaches the topic of her succession. Daenerys doesn't want to talk about it yet, saying she'll plan for her future once she has the crown. Tyrion also makes a little remark about Jon being the latest in a long line of brave men to fall in love with her. Back beyond the wall, a blizzard has struck. One of the wildlings spots something in the distance. They think it's an animal with ice-blue eyes. The wildling retreats running at speed, but is killed by an incredible undead polar bear. It's amazing. The crew fight the bear as it continues to run amok, almost killing the hound. The bear gets killed, but Thoros is savaged in the process, with his wounds being cauterised by Beric. Sansa and Littlefinger are discussing what to do about Arya. Littlefinger assures her that Brienne would surely intervene if Arya was to consider anything too drastic. The crew beyond the wall hear the noise of marching feet and lay a trap, ambushing some stray whites along with a white walker. Jon sends Longclaw his Valyrian sword through the body of the white walker, killing it and all the whites surrounding them as well. It appears that when a white walker gets killed, it takes every white it created along with it. The crew have inadvertently discovered how they might end the army of the dead once and for all. 
the last stray white gets tied up and the crew head for Cersei with proof of winter, finally. However, it howls out an almighty scream attracting hundreds of the undead who chase the crew to the centre of a frozen lake. They're surrounded, but saved by the water. Remember Hardhome? They can't swim. John tells Gendry to run to the wall and send a raven to Daenerys. Gendry makes it back, just, and a raven is shortly on its way. The Night King watches from afar at the top of the lake, waiting patiently for his moment to strike. The crew discover Thoros frozen to death. So they set his body alight for warmth and to stop him turning against them. Back at Winterfell, Sansa receives an invite to meet Cersei in King's Landing. She doesn't want to abandon her post, so asks Brienne to go in her place. Brienne is reluctant, but Sansa holds firm. Daenerys gets the raven sent from Gendry and jumps on Drogon and, along with Rhaegal and Viserion, flies to Jon's aid. The Hound, bored and frustrated at the standoff on the lake, picks up a rock and hurls it towards an idle white. He comes up short and the rock slides along the, oops, the refrozen lake. The whites realise this and begin to start crossing. The crew hold them off as best they can but are starting to become overwhelmed. There is nowhere left to run. When all hope is seemingly lost again, Daenerys flies in. Walls of fire begin to wipe out almost everything in sight. Whites are falling like dominoes. Daenerys asks Jon to get on Drogon with her and escape, but he continues fighting. The Night King's handed an ice spear and expertly takes down Viserion, who crashes to the ground, dies and slumps into the water. Three dragons are now two. Jon is tackled by whites and he too plummets underwater. The Night King takes aim again. Daenerys can't wait any longer and flies off, narrowly avoiding the second spear. Jon emerges from the lake, long claw in tow, trying to walk away when the whites notice he's still alive and charge for him. From nowhere, Benjin appears on horseback with a pretty badass flaming mace and saves him. He puts Jon on his horse and sacrifices himself to the whites as Jon escapes. Thanks, Uncle Benjin. Safely back at Dragonstone, Daenerys looks on anxiously, waiting for Jon. Just as she's about to give up, she sees him slumped over the horse's back. He's bundled onto one of the ships bound for King's Landing. At Winterfell, Sansa finds a satchel containing two of Arya's faces, one being Walder Frey. Arya enters and explains her new skill before giving her the Valyrian dagger. On the ship back to King's Landing, Jon wakes up to Daenerys watching over him. She tells him she believes him now and will help him defeat the Night King and his army. John returns the favour by swearing allegiance to her as his queen. Back at the lake, huge chains are used by masses of whites to exhume Viserion the dragon's body from the water. The Night King walks forward and, yup, places his hand on the dead beast's head. He now has an ice dragon. At King's Landing, the forces of Daenerys and Cersei face each other uneasily as the two queens prepare to meet. In the Dragon Pit, the ancient home of the Targaryen dragons, we're treated to the largest gathering of main characters ever. Everyone is prepared for betrayal. Everyone's got an itchy trigger finger. The white captured in last episode's suicidal mission is unboxed in front of everyone. It sprints towards Cersei, its chain stopping it inches from her face. The Hound chops the dead man in half, and Jon Snow demonstrates how only fire and dragonglass can destroy them. Euron Greyjoy abandons Cersei, saying he's taken the Iron Fleet home so that they can survive the coming war with the dead. 
Cersei accepts the truce offered by Daenerys, at least until the dead are defeated, but she wants Jon Snow to swear never to fight House Lannister again. Jon says he's unable to promise this as he's already pledged his support to Daenerys. Cersei withdraws her offer and storms out. Tyrion speaks to his sister in private. She wants to take his head off but talks long enough for Tyrion to realise that Cersei's pregnant. He uses this to bring Cersei back to the dragon pit. To fight for her unborn child, she agrees to send all the Lannister forces north. In Winterfell, Sansa receives word from Jon Snow that he has bent the knee to Daenerys. Littlefinger uses this to turn Sansa against Jon and Arya. Theon goes to Jon for absolution. Jon can't forgive all of Theon's betrayals, but he forgives him enough to tell Theon he's both a Greyjoy and a Stark in his heart. Theon remembers how Yara tried to save him from captivity, and Jon suggests he should be helping her. She was captured by Euron a while back. Theon manages to prove himself a leader to his Iron Men and sets off to do just that. In the Great Hall of Winterfell, Arya is brought before Sansa and all her lords. Sansa announces accusations of murder and treason, but suddenly turns towards Littlefinger and asks how he answers the charges. A shocked Littlefinger doesn't understand what's happening. Sansa explains that he taught her too well. She knows he was trying to turn her against her family. Bran, with his three-eyed raven powers, reveals he saw Littlefinger betraying their father. Littlefinger begs for help, but the only mercy is shown is when Arya swiftly cuts his throat. See ya, fella. Jamie Lannister organises the troops for their march north. Cersei calls him an idiot and says she never intends to help Daenerys. Euron didn't abandon her after all. He secretly sailed to Essos to bring her sellswords, who are armies for hire. Jamie tells her he promised his support to fight the Whites and heads north to help despite Cersei's death threats. Just then, snow begins to fall on King's Landing. Sam Tarly arrives at Winterfell for a reunion with Bran. They last saw each other in Season 3, and together they work out that Jon Snow isn't just the son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. He's their legitimate son, and therefore the true heir to the Iron Throne. Jon Snow and Daenerys sail to the north, consummating their romantic relationship in a way only an unknowing aunt and nephew can. At Eastwatch, a castle of the Wall, the army of the dead emerge from the forest. They're unable to pass until the Night King arrives on an undead Viserion. The Ice Dragon blasts the wall with blue fire and brings it tumbling down. The dead march south over its ruins. The wall has fallen. And ladies and gentlemen, winter is here. Thanks for listening. Hope it's been helpful. You can watch every single episode of Game of Thrones seasons 1 to 7 with Sky's ultimate on-demand TV pack. And the final season is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 15th of April. For more details, head over to sky.com. Listen, if you've enjoyed this, I would love it if you subscribed. We've got loads more shows where this came from, and we'd love you to join us for them. If you know someone who needs to get up to speed with Thrones in time for that launch on April the 15th on Sky Atlantic, just send them our way. A five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from would also be absolutely fantastic. If you've got any feedback, have I pronounced the name wrong? I hope I haven't. Or ideas for a show that we should be covering. We'll almost certainly be doing the big ones, but you never know. There may be others that we've missed. Let us know. I'd love to hear from you over on Twitter. You can find us at previous podcast or just email us hello at previouslyon.co.uk previously on is presented by jamie east and is a daft doris production
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 